Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. What's happening, everybody? It's Eric J. Olson, and we are recording a live episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. And today I have a guest who I'm I'm going to attempt to pronounce her first and last name, but uh, bear with me if I if I butcher it. I, I have actually practiced. Her <laughs> hey, you're not supposed to be laughing in the background. <laughs> I have <laughs> I have actually practiced it. So Adaku Wakuchu. No, Adaku Wachuku. There you go. Yeah. You said it perfect. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Hello. How are you? I I am very well. I've already, for everyone who's watching, I've already pre-apologized. I I did want to attempt. So thank you for your patience. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, And I appreciate that you took, you know, the time to try to learn how to say it. Adaku Mwachuku. Hopefully soon it'll be on rolling off of everyone's lips. Everybody's going to know soon. (laughs) Well, cool. Let me, let me let everyone know a little bit about you. So um, I'm going to read a bit of your bio here. So Adaku is the founder and managing partner of AN Law Firm in Washington, D.C. She has over 16 years of experience in intellectual property law, working in government technology, tra- government technology transfer offices, an in-house legal department, and private practice. She has represented clients from nearly every sector of industry, including small and large biotech and pharmaceutical companies, startups, and Fortune 500 tech companies, nonprofit organizations, as well as companies in fintech, edtech, and manufacturing industries. That's a lot of industries. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, welcome to the show. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. I am yeah. happy to be here. <laughs> well, thanks so much. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit uh, about your story, who you are, and, and and what you do that we didn't get from the intro. Yeah. So um, I started my own practice um, not too long ago in, in November, and I work in IP transactions, commercial transactions and data privacy and cybersecurity. And uh, I'm coming from big law. And one of the things that spurred me to start my own practice was not wanting to just be put into one practice group. So IP transactions versus privacy and cybersecurity, you know, I had to choose, didn't want to choose, still wanted to do it all. And I think um, just having that great scope of diversity in my practice, but that are very complementary is really advantageous for for clients. Uh, You may need a contract, but there are security and privacy um, law issues that you have to, uh, you know, consider and I can do it all. So, you know, whether, you know, I started in November, yes, in the middle of a pandemic, but one of the things that I think a lot of, uh, practices big and small have, uh, figured out is the companies that were still able to, you know, continue running, maybe they got some loans to continue practicing, they still needed attorneys. So it was was still a great time um, to practice and, you know, be able to work with clients and, you know, help them in, you know, whatever capacity they needed. Well, good for you. Congratulations for starting your firm in the middle of a pandemic. That is (laughs) 
Yes. That is courageous. It really is. You know, that's, that's not an easy thing to do. And you know, so, so many attorneys that we speak to, they get a lot of their business from referrals and, you know, um, mm -hmm. People that they know in networking uh, events or learning events, and I would imagine that you didn't really have those kinds of opportunities, at least not in the last year or so. Probably before that, I'm sure. But right. how did you go about getting your first batch of clients? So I, I was able to get some clients that uh, came with me um, from um, my law firm, previous law firm. I also, there was just the participation now vir uh, virtually instead of in-person organizations. I'm participating in the DC bar, met some great people. Mm. Um, and from there, uh, people have introduced me to other people and other organizations where I'm networking um, and I'm, I'm meeting people in my same practice, in complementary practices and, you know, greatly di diverse uh, practices that I could potentially collaborate with. But definitely one of the things that I, I realized um, as I'm starting my practice is like a large firm where you could pick up the phone and call a partner in a different practice group to assist you with a question you may have. It's very important to build your network as a solo practitioner or a small, um, a small law firm to, you know, meet uh, and speak to other attorneys in complementary practices and differing practices so that if you ever have a question on an issue or your client needs services, you can go into your network and just, you know, work with that particular attorney. Um, and and give, it gives you basically the same cushion and comfort level you had or I had when I was in big law. Yeah, I, I I, I, we, we get that a lot from a lot of our clients and the people that we speak to on this podcast is uh, the network within the law industry is extremely tight yes. and uh, referrals for, you know, from one practice area to another or bringing in, you know, co-counsel or something like that, that right. that's very strong. That's a very strong source of, of leads and, and work. So that's great that you were able to leverage uh, all of that experience that you had coming into this in November. So congratulations yeah. again. That's good. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> now, let's talk a, a little bit about um, some of your clients. And of course, I'm not, I'm not asking for names, but um, yeah. you know, some of the challenges that they may face that you can help them with. One of the uh, things that I do is work with, you know, small startups and entrepreneurs and also more established companies. So one area that I, I see that a lot of the startups and entrepreneurs sort of uh, have an issue or need assistance with is just initially around protecting their IP and protecting their assets. And that's pretty much uh, what my practice is about, whether it's IP transactions or other type of commercial transactions where, you know, it's very important to create that relationship you have with your partner, but also to protect your assets, whether it's the risk management provisions and, um, you know, reducing your risk in the contract, protecting your IP in your contract, and then also having um, advising clients on their internal cybersecurity protocols, especially when it comes to certain types of industries where there may be federal regulations or state regulations. So I assist with helping with the internal documents. You know, if you need a, a written information security plan, an incident response plan, I can assist with those measures. Um, just helping clients with those types of uh, I call it, you know, protections, um, 
protecting assets, whether IP, intangible, or even the more tangible, you know, network and computers and things of that nature. So the, that that's what one of the things that it's very important to to those big and small clients, but oh, yeah. especially with the startups, it's important to like get that in place as soon as possible. Uh, yeah, I'm 100 with you. And, and uh, speaking as a, as you know, probably a smaller client um, since you're working with 500 uh, Fortune 500 companies. But um, you know, certainly going back several years when I started working with a business attorney, uh, he would talk about things like uh, our intellectual property, and I was like, what, "What do you mean?" And I didn't even realize really that we had it. And so it was really good for me to work with an attorney, a business attorney, to define what that intellectual property was, and that it was valuable to us, and that that we wanted to protect it. But before I got with the business attorney, you know, I, I would try all sorts of I, I tried all sorts of things like, you know, like my own contracts and my own NDAs and trying to save money here and there. And yeah. there. I'm guessing you have experience like this as well. Uh, what are some common mistakes that, that your clients make before they come to you to see yeah. if you can solve the problem? So that is the perfect example, getting a template off, off the internet. Um, without customization. One of the things I think clients really need to understand is every business is different. Um, your intent for entering into that particular contract can be different um, than you know what the template was for. It, generally speaking, templates online are made to be customized um, for your industry, for maybe the type of information that you may transfer or that you're collecting, your state. You know, it, you may have to make a specific provision uh, revisions in your contract because of the state you're located in. So getting a template off the internet is a great starting point, but it shouldn't be your end point. And I would always recommend to seek the advice of a lawyer that, you know, is in, in that particular field. I would I would say a close second to getting a, a free template off the internet is to get a free template from a friend, right? That right. Kind of sort of does something you do. I heard that. <laughs> I heard that too. Same yeah. advice, but it, I that does happen. And mind you, that initial friend got it off of the internet. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I truth be told, uh, my, my first uh, master services agreement was from a, a buddy. And uh, but I, I did send it over to my business attorney and said, "Hey, uh, if this is okay, assuming it's okay, yeah. uh, I, I want to make these kinds of tweaks for my business." And and that that was actually a pretty good approach for me. Yes. I kind agree. of a hybrid, that, you know. That yeah, and and sometimes if you do find a good template to start with, and you give it to your business attorney, it could reduce the amount, the the costs, um, so they don't have to sort of create something anew from scratch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, totally makes sense. So you know, we, we talked a lot. Uh, well, a decent amount about referrals and uh, networking. Are there other ways that you currently get new clients? Like in particular to say not from your network? Not really. It's it, the way, the best way is maybe increasing my network. I participate and the way that I, I'm thinking of is um, for example, Clubhouse. Oh, Clubhouse. I know for some, for some privacy and security people, that's a dirty word, bad app, but it's really maybe you know it's it's really an interesting platform and there are a lot of potential um clients there um and you know people seeking information and of course i don't give legal advice but it's it's really there to say hey this is some interesting information i'm giving you this information for informational and education purposes and then 
from there, potentially there, there could be um, someone reaching out um, to ask questions and potentially seek, um, you know, legal representation when it makes sense and when it's appropriate. So that's an, another area I've had just a handful of situations, but I, I'm also building my network with other attorneys that I probably would never have met in the other organizations that I'm participating in. So that is, it's, it's interesting. And, and let's see um, how that goes. Yeah, definitely <laughs> interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, I was only on Clubhouse once for um, about, about two hours or so, but um, you know, for me, the takeaway was uh, this is going to be time consuming, right? Very so time I, consuming. Yeah, that, that's the trade-off. It's, it's an active participation Yes. social media and if you're not there actively participating you don't yeah. there is no social media value unlike something yeah. like facebook where you can you know create a post schedule it and then you know forget about it for a week come never back remember it you want to, <laughs> yeah. yeah you know yeah. so that that's an option so it is it is different well cool what what's uh what's on your agenda for uh the next year or two do you are you planning on growing the firm expanding yes. yeah i am um keeping my options open definitely um my main focus right now is, you know, getting more clients and building, you know, my network for the purposes I mentioned before. Um, but I hope that as the workload uh, increases and I gain more clients, I do hope to expand and potentially hire additional attorneys. And from there, um, see what happens. Am I going to end up being a huge law practice? That's Who right. knows? I'm going to keep that open. Maybe I stay small. So, but right now I am focused on, you know, my immediate future and um, just building my practice. And this is the most exciting time of my life, as well as nerve wracking and stress inducing. <laughs> well, congratulations on everything. Uh, for anyone Thank who's you. watching, if they want to reach out and get in touch with you, what is a good way to do that? Oh, yes. Um, by email at adaku at anlawfirmpc.com um, or also at info at anlawfirmpc.com and they can check out my website, anlawfirmpc.com. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Yes. And for anyone who is watching and is interested in spicing up your law firm marketing, check us out. We're Array Digital and we are at arraylaw.com. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Eric. It was a pleasure it. to be here.